that's what we'll have to do. Probably all right. Om Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devi Matrikya Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Vrindeviya Sarvalo Kaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chudarmasya Sarva Dharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishna Yati Namaha Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankarachara Majamam Ashmarachara Prayantam Bande Gurum Paramparam Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Devo Param Brahman Jasmai Shri Guru Venamaha This one most of you have learned. Om Badra Kali Namonityam Saraswati Namurmaha Veda Viranga Viranta Stane Vijjastana Evacha Sri Guru Sri Ganesha Sharada Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om Tatsat Joy Ma. So picking up will be last week, last week will be, what was last, oh the, the funeral on the leg. The week before that we are picking up from the Kali Sasranama where we last week, uh, or two weeks ago, we had finished verse, the last name, the verse uh, 28. And actually we had, we slowed down because like, one name, Kashi, we spent the whole time, time on Kashi. On Ganga, we spent a whole day on Ganga. I think today we'll, this, we'll, we'll do a, a group of names kind of together. They kind of they reach together. And these, um, I, have, I printed two verses, two slokas, two shloka, uh, but um, we probably will only get to the first batch of the first, first uh, group of names. Chant this first one. Maybe we can chant together. We all, all chant it. You can all half line and you can chant along with me. You can practice. Om Nitti Suniti Suruchi Nitti Suniti Suruchi Tushti Pushti Driti Kshama Kshama Vani Burhir Mahalakshmir Vani Burhir Mahalakshmir Lakshmir Nila Saraswati. Saraswati. So So this first. So actually, um, the, we'll we'll split a little bit. We'll the the last name Nila Saraswati. We'll, we're going to include that in next week's talk. Um, the because there's, there's a natural break. I'm just as I'm talking out loud. I have to organize how I'm going to approach them. Most likely, that's my guess. Because in the following verse, it's Nila Saraswati then. Saraswati and Matangi and uh, Sharas. Um, um, there, anyway, there's a cluster of names that deal with Goddess Saraswati. And so these, this, this group of names, it kind of ends with Mahalakshmi, Lakshmi. So these kind of uh, aim at uh, qualities of the Lakshmi aspect of Ma. And so this, these first, Niti, Suniti, Suruchi, Tushti, Pushti, Driti, Kshama. Many, and then Buddhir, Vani, Buddha, these, these names, they they're they're found we find them in the uh, in the lit in the famous litany of the chandi the yadavi sarvabhutesh we find most of them so I, it's obviously a, a, a presentation of these as uh, aspects of ma or names of ma so like we says tushti pushti uh, these names are there so we'll start with nityakri there's a there's a mantra maybe i have it here we use it as an opening mantra. When we're chanting the Chandi, it's one of the like opening pranam mantras. Let me see if I have it. 
ओम नमो देवे महादेवे शिवाय सतम नम नम अकृत्य भद्राय नियाता प्रणत स्मतम दिस नियाता लाइक नियम समथिंग लाइक दैट दिस दिस नेम नीति इज अ सिमिलर समथिंग लाइक नियामा right which means by and so it says we it says salutations to the great goddess i to you who are ever auspicious the primordial energy sustaining principle we bow to you with deep devotion but actually means that we we we've we've um we've saluted you properly in order in in with discipline and then we start recitation of the chandi and so niti means um uh method something like that you know um it also means conduct and so niti could be like there's niti shastra as one category of literature these are moral principles something like dharma shastra you know we've heard like the um what's the famous one um madhu the the, the uh, madhu uh, manu manu yes manu samhita right it, that's considered dharma shastra or niti shastra sometimes like r- r- principles of behavior principles of um of of, of conduct you know so it's it niti could be uh in an english trying to give an english translation could be like morality ethics like that but also system right it's not only like uh, it's our behavior and 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 it but also like the process of something this discipline maybe that's a better word discipline right policy something like that and so <laughs> ma saying she's niti she is those principles she is um uh, of of behavior but then the next word suniti right she's good behavior right uh, 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 um and so then the following word suruchi means good taste right uh, uh so it's interesting now as many years ago in our discussion on the shrimad bhagavatam um there we talked about um dhruva maharaj right the 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 boy saint dhruva maharaj and i brought out actually something that's not from my own mind as given by swami omananda guruji um who has a very creative approach to thinking about these things but also even he told me this very much encouraged our way of interpreting the text sometimes we just we're trying to find things that may or may not be there some things are obviously there right like like in the chandi where it says like do like that uh, we interpret dumalochana to be ignorance when it means smoke filled eyes i mean obviously it means ignorance it's not, we're not uh even though it doesn't say ignorance directly it's we're not um injecting something that's not there it's most likely there right so similarly the suruchi 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 the interpretation of the, of the, of the story of drumaraj this interpretation i think is obviously there so drumaraj has his father anybody know who the father of drumaraj utanapada so utanapada means one whose feet are above right utana means above and pada means feet so you could say he's doing a headstand you know this uh what is that uh 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 the name for headstand in the normal or heads handstand we have to invoke giri here is expert at handstand yeah something like that it means so it's like so this is a similar so your feet are above and so this refers to give an interpretation that we think is justifiable to all human beings or at least to most human beings because most human beings are born upside down or you know there are some that are born if you're born right side up feet first then you're that's that's uh, uh dangerous also my my sister was born this way it's a very dangerous uh, birth but usually the 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 uh, the 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 uh baby switches and then comes out head first so we're born so by saying utanapada when you say utanapada the father of druva now you're saying oh this is you're giving a big interpretation this is everyone's condition 
And Dhruva, in a certain sense, is the soul who is born as a human being in a human body, upside down, feet above. He has two, so his mother, the king Uttanapada, has two wives, Suniti and Suruchi. Right, and so, so we have to think about, so Suniti, no, hold it, I'm getting this wrong. Um, yeah, Suniti and Suruchi. So Suniti means good discipline, good behavior, right? Good, uh, uh, and Suruchi means good taste. So his, so Dhruva's mother is Suniti. She, so it's that which is born, he who is born, combination of a human, of a human body and good behavior, right? Righteous behavior, disciplines, spiritual disciplines, moral disciplines. And another mother, a competitive, in a certain sense, a competitive wife in the old system. Uh, um, and the mother to the, the senior son, right? The, the, the senior wife who gave birth to the first son, the, therefore the heir to the, father, to the kingdom, uh, is named uh, uh, Suruchi, Suruchi, good taste, right? So th- this is a, so we can give this, it's an easy interpretation. These are the human being, uh, and we have two, two uh, uh, we can be born in two different ways, or our spiritual life can, our, can develop in two different ways. Although we have a human body, are we born, is our life the result of good behavior or of chasing after pleasure, good taste? Right? Which, you know, so this is a very big thing. And in the story, Dhruva Maharaj, he wants to go on the lap of his son. Right? Uh, uh, he goes on the lap of his father, right? and the competitive mother, his foster mother, said, you'll never be on your father's lap, right? Only my son will be on the father. In other words, father's lap means successor, next king. And he went to his, he got very upset because he wanted to sit on his father's lap. And his mother said, you know, no, you're a good boy, but that's, that's where, this is the, this is the, the dharma of, of uh, the junior wife and therefore the junior son, right? You'll never, in a certain, you never become heir to the kingdom but in a certain sense, you'll never have the full affection of your father. This is the way the little boy took it, right? And so the boy said, no, I will become king. And so he left home and went into the forest, and I shall do tapasya, right? I shall meditate on, on Lord Vishnu, the real, and he will make me king. And by, for a little boy, being king means I, love of my father, but I shall be the king. And so the um, uh, Narada Muni shows that we've told this story over three, four days, uh, in the, in the, many years ago. Podcast must be there. He appears up. Uh, uh, Narada Muni comes and discourages him. What well, little boy, doing the forest like that? Just go back home. You're still. You'll still be a rich, a rich uh, king's son. You're still a prince. That's not a bad thing, right? And you left your, the love of your mother, the love of your father, all your friends, sitting here in the length, naked in the forest, meditating. No, no. I shall. I shall become. I shall become king. I shall inherit the king. By that time, we get. And then Narada Muni is very happy, initiated Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva, I gave him the mantra, the uh, uh, Lord Vishnu. And so meditating on that mantra, eventually Vishnu appeared before him, right, and gave him a boon. And the boon, was, and so he says, ask a boon. He says, no, seeing him, I, he, by that time he'd become so purified by the holy name of Lord Vishnu, he just fell in love with God and didn't think of anything. But then Vishnu said, no, no. You had some sankalpa when you started. You have to, what the, the, the fruit of your sadhana will have to be fructified. You will become king, right? No, I don't want to be, doesn't want, you want to not, it's good that you want to become a good king, you shouldn't want to become king. So he, he became a good king. And when you, I'll give you a, another boon over and above that because of your purity, like when you die, you will become one of, you'll become known as the pole star. You'll, you'll join the circle of the seven sages, the saptarishis, as Dhruva. 
So we call the North Star or the Pole Star Dhruva in the Hindu tradition, right? And so he's always there because because his purity and his 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 tenacity of uh, 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 for his not losing his uh, going through any austerity, any difficulty, any lack of pleasure, any any lack of happiness, living a little twelve year old boy in the forest, eight year old boy in the forest, right? Uh, because of that, we 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 look at him as our pole star. He's an example, right? And of course, if you're lost on a on an ocean, you're a pole star. You can find you can figure out where you are by following the pole star. So Suniti and Surichi, these two names are very often come together, right? In many hymns like that, and in, in the story, it was because we're presented with these two choices: to do the right thing, the proper thing, in the right order, right? With proper, with decorum, gentleness, right? Discipline, those type of stuff, or to do what we what tastes, what's nice, right? And so you see, in the, what is in in the the, the the path of the good and the path of the pleasant, and that katapanishad. Yeah. In the Katupanishad, right, when Narchiketa asked Yama for instruction, he said there's two, two paths present themselves before humanity. The Shreyas and Prayas, it's been a while since you're, on, you're, on, you're studying this now, I'm not. Shreyas and Prayas, right, the, the path of the, of the good, that's Shreyas, I think, right, and Prayas, the path, of, the path of the dear or the pleasant, right, and he said they both have their reward, right. These are Upanishads, these are strong, hardcore. Uh, uh, text, right? So they're, 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 gonna, they're not going to mix words. It says one leads to bliss, other leads to darkness, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like, it's like, but it's not that, oh, therefore you should never enjoy anything. You should always suffer, always renounce. Not, that's not the message. But what's leading your life? What path are you on? Are you trying to be, are you just trying to satisfy your external tastes, right? What, what feels good? Sunit, suruchi could be what feels good. That's a way of interpreting it, suruchi. That's the way Guruji describes it. If that's your choice, or what is good, there's a difference sometimes, right? But here Ma says she's Suniti and Suruchi, right? She's everything, right? She's also she's Mahamaya and Mahavidya, Avidya and Vijamaya and Avijamaya. You know, she's she's the full spectrum. She's everything, right? She's also with all the pleasures in the world. She's that. Even the pleasures of the world that take us away from our spiritual goals. She's that. Right. If you go away from your spiritual goal, where have you gone? You haven't gone anywhere. She's right there. She's everything. That's that's what these names are. That's what every list of thousands and thousands of the thousand lists of a thousand names are showing. There's nothing that's not her, ultimately. Swami Omananda, one time he was saying, I you can challenge, I give you a challenge to God, to to Almighty Mother, right? That may that that uh, she shall throw me from her universe where and throw me from her presence. I challenge her. Impossible. She said, this is not something to do. It is not a thing. It's, it's because there's no place where she isn't. Therefore, she cannot throw me from her presence. Right? And, and, and I can also challenge myself. I shall, I shall leave Ma's presence, forget Ma. Impossible. Right? So she's also, Suruchi, she's also Suruchi. Right? But they lead to a different goal. Right? So she's uh, 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 the class pl- the of the pleasant and the class of the good. The class of discipline and... Uh, what the, I don't want to use all any word we use would be loaded words. We don't want to use uh, trigger words. You could say <laughs> don't upset anybody about anything. Right? Be very, very careful. You get sued or anything. <laughs> don't give me a bad Yelp review or anything. You know, <laughs> if I say the wrong thing. <clears throat> but actually, that's one thing. So that, I think this name Niti Suniti Suruchi. This this cluster of names has to imply that, right? But these other names Tushti Pushti Driti Kshama. Buddhi, Lakshmi, these are the these are the names these are names or qualities or gunas of Suruchi, 
These are because it's not that we have to like suffer, right? It's it's like what's it's it's neither we can never satisfy our desires, right? Because if you didn't satisfy your desires, you wouldn't eat, right? If things didn't taste good, you wouldn't eat, most likely, right? You know, if if things weren't beautiful, you wouldn't look, right? The senses, I mean, and and what, what, you wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't thrive, right? So pleasure is a legitimate goal, and actually even in the four goals of life, is karma. Uh, dharma, kama, artha, moksha. Kama is one of pleasure, satisfaction, right? Uh, artha, wealth, prosperity, success, fame. These are actually, these are legitimate goals, right? But the question, and we've brought this up in the past, this is a wonderful little in um, religions of religions of the world by Houston Smith. Houston Smith is a famous book, The Religions of Man. Then he rewrote it as The Religions of the World. Um, uh, he says in, in the section on Hinduism, he says you can have Hinduism says he's making a variable thing. You can have what you want, right? This is the thing, and and if you want pleasure, do it. But even suruchi get good pleasure, good taste, but with discipline. If you have proper discipline, you can also get what you want. If you do the and you, to get anything, you want to you want a good job. You have to you have to you have to become. I mean, one we have a, a friend who wanted to come, who wanted to who wanted to get a job and, and come to America. Right, Guruji was telling him, says, you, you have to first go to school, get a get some qualification where you'll be wanted. Right? You have there is a system to it. You have to you know get, and then from there you your company may want you, you know, you have to have or learn yoga, you can go and teach you do something where but just like I I should get a job. Why should you get it? You have, I mean if you if you want the success in the job, you need to go through the disciplines, Suniti to get to Suruchi. Right? Even to even even to get Regular, uh, regular, but you know, to be successful and to satisfy your desires, to satisfy your uh, ambitions, right, um, uh, requires also so much discipline, right? <clears throat> Suruti and Suruchi. Uh, and so, in, in the um, um, Houston Smith makes this argument that you can have what you want, but we should always ask ourselves, what do we really want? And of course, we don't, the problem is we don't always know what we want. Right, so we want to be happy. Of course, you want to be happy. That's ultimately the the goals. We want to be happy. We want to. Um, we're pleasure-seeking animals um, psychologically, uh, neurologically, but we're also pleasure-seeking the soul. In 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 tantra, is a pleasure-seeking entity. We we're we're born in bliss. We're seeking bliss, right? We want happiness. We want we want satisfaction. We want we want the next thing. Tushti, pushti, driti, these other qualities. We want. Satisfaction. We want. We want to sat. What's that? Oh, we'll get. We'll get to that name. Satisfaction. Um, so, even to satisfy our desires requires so much discipline, right? And you see, if you're not disciplined and you're only going after starting to satisfy your desire with no discipline, you're not going to satisfy your desires, right? And it won't. And you won't refine yourself and even to go maybe beyond what our desires are to what we find out what we want. Maybe we want something more. Maybe we'll want something more. Maybe our as maybe you don't know, you know, what's next until you get to a certain vista. You know, you're on a path. You don't know what's around the corners. Oh, I'm on this path. I'm doing like that. But once you get, you walk a little bit, then you see the next, the next thing that's possible. And so you know, it's like we want, we want satisfied naturally. When, well, if you satisfy your desire, then what? Maybe oh, if you know the uh, Mas, Maslow's Maslow or Mas, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's been since high school, uh, since high school for this one, but right, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? That's, I think that's ethic, right? Right, that you know whatever your 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 needs are, 
like to somebody who's hungry or somebody who's starving, Swami Vivekananda says at the Parliament of Religion to preach religion to a hungry man is an insult, right? His his need isn't philosophy, right? Isn't isn't Triantra Puja or something like that? You know, okay, it really is, but that can feed everybody. <laughs> but, uh, but his his need is food, right? You know, so whatever the the Amber like Amber, I still remember Mr. Nas, my high school psychology teacher, many years ago. One of the few teachers' names I still remember. And my brain is not the same as it used to be. But it, he, he says, so Amber, is, you have the, the love, what is it, the survival, then love and belonging, and there's all these, I forgot all the, I forgot the seven stages, and final was, was the top one? Self-actualization. That was like the, remember this, uh, transpersonal psychology, I forget what, what, what the, I forget what the school of thought that he was presenting. But I, so he asked, what's the most important, what's the, what's the most important need that needs to be satisfied? And of course, I mean, I was that time I was already a spiritualist. You know, I knew Bhagavad Gita. And like, yeah. Well, obviously, the only Sri Ramakrishna said the goal of life is God realization, right? And if you don't satisfy the goal of life, you live your life ultimately, uh, utterly in vain. So this is what you know. This is a good thing to get when you're young and enthusiastic. Spiritual God realization is a goal of life. It's the only goal of life. And if you don't live, if you don't succeed, you you failed in your human birth. That's a very strong. That's a big teaching of Sri Ramakrishna. And so I was like that. I made it rose my hands. Like, I couldn't say God realization. You know, I, I would say, well, self actualization. All he says, no. He corrected me. The unfulfilled need is the most important one. It's the same idea. Don't don't teach. Don't preach religion to a hungry person. Give them food. Then, maybe education. Then maybe whatever the next the next the next step. So Surich, so. Uh, um, um. <clears throat> So in, in the Four Goals of Life, Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha, the Kama and Artha, satisfying one's desires and ambitions, and Artha means uh, 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 material success and uh, uh, financial success, material success, political, all those, those uh, uh, wealth in the category of wealth and prosperity and influence. Um, those have to be led by dharma, and that's the, if if led by dharma, they lead to moksha. If not, according to the Gita, triple are the gates to hell: lust, anger, and greed. Kama, and he says, kam, basically, kama artha are gates to hell, right? And and anger is frustrated, the lust and lust and, and greed, right? That's so lust, anger, and greed are the same type of type of thing. Uh, if led by what's dharma, suniti. Right through proper through the proper through through culture, through consideration, through education, through uh, tradition, right? Is uh, uh, um, you can satisfy your desires in a way that's not against society, that's not against your family, not against your morals, your 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 religious morals, your personal morals, your culture, your society, your group's morals. You know, you're not hurting people. All these have things you have to consider. All the, and therefore it's not it's not suruchi only, suruchi through suniti. Right, uh, 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 that's is an important. Uh, uh, point and that could lead. So it says then it doesn't like automatically lead to to, to moksha, but it can lead to moksha, right? Usha sometimes when Usha is reluctant to talk about her own uh, spiritual life, and I'm reluctant to talk about other people's spiritual life. But it's something she often says, or she said this on camera and things, uh, repeated in in interviews and things like that, podcasts and interviews. She says I was. And she says I was. Uh, I was always looking for the highest pleasure, the highest excitement. Right, you know, she worshipped excitement, right, and therefore, you know, at your early age, she became an actress, right, and she was, you know, she was, um, uh, uh, you know, Hollywood parties, 
the whole thing, you know, you know, people, you know, all the people that at first now it's the last generation of really famous actors, these are her friends. You know, you go there to hang out together, play softball together. Like, and you can see at a certain point that was like the, the peak of her life is to be, you know, she said her ideal was James Dean, you know, like be super famous and die young, you know, and have the whole world cry for you. You know, like that ideal, like, because that's what could be more exciting like that. Until she atta attained at a certain level that, at least the beginnings of that, and the parties are boring, right? And the people are boring. Right? It's boring people at boring parties, you know, it's like, and she, and then, she on a walk one day, right, to get out of a crowded uh, apartment full of starving artists who, who are now super famous actors. Um, she took a walk and stumbled across the, the, uh, um, the, the Vedanta Society in Hollywood. And if you see that, if from the front you see it looks like a little, little mini Taj Mahal thingy there. And she walked in and, and it was this, this really, outside it's a pretty little building, but inside it's kind of a boring, this is a very beautiful, I mean, it's, it's visually stimulating. Vedanta society is not visually stimulating. It's very, um, it's it's elegant, especially at that time. It was it was understated elegance, very simple, austere elegance, gray carpet and <laughs> simple, very beautiful, simple shrine, small picture, Sri Ramakrishna. You know how it is. It's still roughly the same way now, although they redesigned a little bit, right? But what she found there, she says, is way more exciting than the greatest Hollywood party. And and then you know, what to speak of now? The, I mean, her life is getting more and more. You, you can searching for suruchi, the highest taste, the best taste. You can keep moving forward and forward and forward, and lesser tastes fall away. There's a verse in the Gita I wasn't, I didn't think about it until just now. Actually, there's a book the Hare Krishnas present. It's a cookbook, the Higher Taste. You've seen this book. It's a very famous a little book. It, half of it's a cookbook. Half of it's is is um, uh, convincing you for vegetarianism from different various. It was very influential in my young life, right. But it's based upon a verse in the Gita that says well, uh, that the, the, I have to get it right, the, um, the uh, uh, one can be, dis I'm summarizing now, I don't remember the verse right now, the, the one can be, one can refrain from engaging the senses, from sense objects, by discipline, right? You can give, like if something, you know, but the hunger for them, the taste for them, the hankering for them remains. Right, you can see, you can like I, I, I may like something, tea or coffee or whatever it is, chocolate or, or any person thing, anything, and I can by discipline I can re, I can refrain my I can restrain myself, right, and not eat that food. It's not going to be very difficult for me not to eat one thing I like to eat. But theoretically, you know, as a thought experience experiment, I could theoretically not eat something I want to eat, or refrain from doing something I, I don't want to do that I want to do or something like that, right? But the taste is still there. You can see, you, but you, you come, maybe you don't succumb to it, but the, the, uh, through your desire is still there, temptation, something like that, we may use that word. Right. But, but then it says, but one, one experiences, one becomes fixed when one experiences a higher taste. Right? When one gets a higher taste in the thing that's attracting, then the lower taste naturally falls. That's the idea of the book, right? That, that, that you know, like, we're, we're, we're in a world of food that we're accustomed to eating, but if we had prashadam, if we had pure sattvic food, slowly it's like, oh, this is actually better. It's not a huge, maybe it's a little discipline, you know, I grew up eating meat, or I grew up eating meat, drink, like that. And you have, you have a tendency for it, and our hankers are there, but tasting something higher, the lower taste naturally falls away. Right. Uh, <clears throat> this is the idea, so, that, that, so even this, this, the search for happiness, the search for Pleasure, and I made a better word than worship, worship pleasure, can be leading you from, from, from lower to higher, to, from, from gross to subtle, 
from uh, gross to more and more refined. Right? Uh, so even Suruchi is leg a legit, she is Suruchi. Not only in the sense of like everything you f see is her, like there's no, no words she is not, and, but, but also searching for her as the highest taste can, is, is also a way to go, to, to, to go forward. So in Vivekananda, the Jnana Yoga lectures, he says that, uh, uh, that we can, like, like a very simple, gross person, you know, not, it's, it's a judgmental language, but, but he's, he's categorizing, so it's going to be a little bit uh, judgmental. He says, but, you know, it's like somebody who's just in their body, right? They can enjoy, food is really good, right? A good meal, a good, you know, whatever it is, you know, a good steak or whatever, just something like it's like, like that. But he says that, that, but to a philosopher, right? It's like, yeah, yeah it's the, the eating whatever, whatever you need to eat, you eat quickly, right? You get more pleasure from the contemplation of ideas, right? But, but. To most people, philosophy is not only difficult, it's difficult, we can't get it, but it's also boring. Because we're, we're not at that refined, but the more, ref, the more refined whatever the thing is, even food, the more refined your taste buds, you know, you know somebody who, you know, the, uh, that the regular food won't, uh, regular fast food won't satisfy you, right? Uh, uh, um, so, so anyway, the idea is that by suniti, you get higher and higher taste, but by suniti, you get a higher, you get suruchi. Right, so now suruchi is interpreted not just oh I want good taste. Suruchi is better taste, divine taste. Because the term su is usually means it's not just good, right? But it's in 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 the, in the devotional literature su is like like a, like a divine taste, right? And therefore suniti is not just good discipline; it's divine disciplines. Niti is discipline, morality. Suniti is divine disciplines. So that's different, right? You can you could. You could do what you're supposed to do because you're supposed to do it by culture, by family, by education, by like that. But or suniti, you can you can do because it is because like you can be nice to people because I mean if you're not nice to people you're going to be miserable. It's real simple. Even if you're selfish, you have to be nice to people because if you know it's like this, you know because otherwise people aren't going to like you. You're not going to be happy, right? At least you can pretend to be nice to people. But what if you actually like people? Then it's then now it's not that's just not now it's not just niti it's suniti. What if or what if you actually you know it's like oh we're told in the script you have to treat people as if they're God or or if they're so like. But what if you actually saw them as such, right? Then then the niti becomes suniti. It's another way of interpreting both. It's like oh it's good behavior, but like divine behavior means a divine be it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a much higher standard. Niti suniti suruchi. These names I think are very nice. Tushti, Tushti, Pushti, Driti. See, Tushti, Pushti, Driti, these three names are also found. That's um, 216, 217, and 218. In the Lalita Sahasranama, these names are also there. Name, uh, Tushti is 443, and the next one 444, and then it skips a few, and 446. So they're, they're, they're right there also. And they're, and, and they're all, all three of them are in the this Yadavi Sarvabhuteshu, Yadavi Sarvabhuteshu, Tushti Rupera Samsita, Yadavi Sarvabhuteshu, Pushti Rupera Samsita, Yadavi Dritti Rupera and actually the next one, Kshama also, Kshanti Rupera Samsita, here it's Kshama, same word is there. But we'll start with these Tushti and Pushti. Tushti means satisfaction. So you see that relates to Suruchi, right? You have good taste, or desire for good taste, Right, 
Uh, and if you have a desire of good taste, hopefully you'll, you'll, your desire will be, you'll become satisfied. You'll get, you fulfill your, maybe that's the word, fulfill, fulfill your desire, right? But you fulfill your desire is not always to be satisfied. That's the problem, right? Sometimes the yogic texts and Buddhist texts also say that the desire, trying to fulfill your desire is, is, leads to suffering. Not even fulfilling your desire will lead to suffering. You have, to, you have to kind of analyze a little bit harshly, but we sometimes do this. It's, it's good self-talk, you know, careful. <laughs> I think what's really going on in the mind is like if you, you have a desire, right, and then most desire, you know, Buddhism says desire, the cause of suffering is desire. They, they, they analyze it this way. Right. Why? Because well, desire. If you desire, most desire is not going to be fulfilled. So unfulfilled desire leads to suffering. So suruchi, good taste, but no satisfaction, means good. You're hungering for something good, but you're not being satisfied. That leads to suffering. Right. And so the fact is, most of the time we're not going to we're not going to get satisfied, whatever our good tastes are. And if we do, it's going to be very momentarily. So it's not going to last. That second type of suffering caused by suffering caused by desire is there's a there's Buddhism by the numbers. Uh, second category of suffering is that even if you that that uh, if if your desire is satisfied, it's not going to be permanent, and therefore you're going to lament, you're going to suffer. And you can and, uh, and you can see in any big thing, even if you like a big, you get a big success and job, and you get the big high, and then even 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 if you get it, it's the high won't last, and probably the job won't last. <laughs> but even the job, the high won't last. Pretty soon, it's like this line was not a big deal. I was excited. I'm proud. And my, my told my mom she's proud of me, and that's then. Then you're back to normal. You know, it won't. They won't. They won't. It won't continue, right? Uh, but another quality is that that it it uh, it so it, it does, and if it does last, you, you it won't be satisfying. If it is satisfied, it won't. It won't. It won't. It won't. It won't last, right? And if it's satisfied, even if it lasts, it's not satisfying, right? You know, it's like it's like like you know, I really want. Whatever, whatever, I really want something, and so, and I attain it, and it lasts, but it's not that great, right? The, 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 once, a desire, once a desire is satisfied, it almost, it, 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 it doesn't give the same pleasure, right? But really, it, it, it awakens more, it, and the Gita and the Lexa, it awakens more, it, it's given an example as pouring ghee into a fire, by satisfying, the, uh, by pouring ghee a fire into the fire, is not the way you put out a fire, it's the way it increases, so it keeps desires going, keeps frustration going, and so Sunit, the search after Suniti, of Suruchi, is not Tushti. It's not satisfaction, right? But let's say it is, right? And it should be. We should be satisfied, right? Uh, and although this is the way we we go from actually by being satisfied, then maybe we think, oh, maybe there's something more, right? Only by 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 getting what we want, maybe we'll we'll, we'll want something more, right? So this is not a negative thing, Tushti. So, materially, we usually think of a tushti as as um, fulfillment of a desire leads to satisfaction. That's the definition. That's it's that, that's a, a external in the external world. Materially, we have a desire. We satisfy a desire. We get the satisfied desire, and we we become at least maybe temporarily, maybe not permanently, not perfectly. We become satisfied. Our desire is satisfied, but spiritually, we see that has not much value. It can't have much value, right? So spiritually, it's it's it it changes that you get a fulfillment not from fulfilling satisfying desire. You get a, you fulfillment or satisfaction by not having desires. That's a different thing, 
right? So that, and you can see that, and, and spiritual life is full of such language, right? Uh, when, you're, when, when your desires cease or succeed, no, succeed, not succeed, succeed, go down, what, what's the word? Maybe, I just, maybe it's not a word. <laughs> it's a word in my own. Maybe it's with a beast. Succeed. Whatever. It's one of those words. <laughs> See, my, my, my desire to be thought of really smart is not. It's very refreshing. <laughs> I had it for a little bit in the last, the last few minutes, but now it's gone. Secession comes out there. So when, you, when, when we're free from desire, then we're always satisfied. Right? That's one thing that you're not dependent on fulfilling a desire to become fulfilled, right? So that's a whole different thing. But that comes from fulfilling a certain type of desire. That comes from a certain type of suruchi, a certain type of taste, right? You're not you're not free from desire unless you're you have a certain type of satisfaction from a certain type of inner experience. Otherwise, you won't you won't be free from desire, right? Because we're desire pleasure seeking. Uh, uh, creatures. So that's another thing that that tushti comes not from not, not at one level from fulfilling our desires and one level from not having desires to be fulfilled, and that only happens when deeper, more profound desires are fulfilled, right? When you're you know uh, you, I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Hopefully, um, you know the uh, uh, the Upanishads say again and again that the Atman lacks nothing. Right, and so we 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 are searching. In a certain sense, our search for fulfillment is a search away from the self. The self doesn't lack anything, right? And so the fact that we're feeling a lack of something means that we can't be happy. That happiness is only in the self. So such verses often say, "There's a verse that says, um, the, the, the uh, happiness is only in the infinite,' right? And uh, and therefore." seek only the infinite. Right? There is no happiness in the temporary, in the, in the limited, seek it only in the bhuma, the, in, in the infinite. Right? But when we have no desires and we feel that happiness because we're not different from the infinite. That's something I... Tushti, yadavi sarvabhuteshu, tushti rupen samtita, and then pushti. So pushti means nourishment. Right, she is also nourishment. So she's happiness. She's a search for happiness. She's good discipline. She's all disciplines in culture, right? She's satisfaction and she's nourishment. And so, so here I'm, I'm quoting a few Upanishadic verses, and we have a we have an uh, a Vedantic um, lens naturally, kind of the way yoga and, and Hinduism is presented through a Vedantic lens. Right, but th this is a tantric text, right? And so we have to take the goddess in a different way, also. That yes, this is the happiness is, but the one, the 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 supreme, the supreme one who lacks nothing, has become everything, is and 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 everyone, and in the process has become all the changes, birth. Although she doesn't die, right? She also is born grows, declines, and dies, right? Both at, at the same time, never changing, right? She's Shiva and Shakti. She's Brahman and Shakti, right? Being and becoming, I guess you would say, in Tantra, Shaktism especially. 
So the tushi is important. It is she. She is nourishment, and also this is the goddess tradition. She's also the goddess is prosperity, is 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 fertility, is the earth. We've used all the all these names in the last few weeks. We've been discussing all these names. She's also like nature at its most uh, um, dynamic, and 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 uh, so nurture is a very important thing. So she is that nurture, and also she is mother, and the mother is nurturing. That's that's one of the definitions. When we think of, you know, when we say, oh, she is God, or God is her. God is is is. We think of God as mother, right? What do we mean by that? One of the things we mean by that one of the, that she's a so, mother is one where everything is existent as the womb of everything. So she's the supreme reality. She's the one that, the source of everything. The one that, that's who gives birth or the source of everything. Right, and also another thing we call about mother is that she is the one that nurtures, right? That cares for everything, right? And so she cares in every through all the stages of development, physical development, spiritual development, and so Sri Ramakrishna would say, and Holy Mother would say, uh, uh, that Kali is not your stepmother; she's your actual mother, right? She's not just like a mother; she's and she's not a mother; she's your mother. Your mother wants the absolute best for you. She wants you to thrive. She wants you to grow. She wants you to be happy. She wants she wants pushti. She wants you to be nourished and grow and bloom and blossom and and thrive, right? And we have to think of her as that type of not that type of mother as our mother, right? You know, direct mother. She said she's not she's not a stepmother. Somebody who's like your mother, right? She's a mother, but somebody else's mother, really. And she but Tucker always said she's she's your real mother, not your not your uh, 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 not your stepmother. And real mother here, not not just the womb of all existence and the and the source of everything and the the, the first, thing, but the the, the 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 that she has your. She's infinitely benevolently disposed towards you. We think a bit this way, right? Holy Mother, uh, uh, um, she one time made a statement, or somebody made a statement, or disciples about her. I'm forgetting, but she says that you know um, um, a mother. The difference between oh yeah, so, so, Swami Chaitananda asked a disciple of Holy Mother, tell me something about Holy Mother. What's her, I have a mother. You have we all have mothers. I had a I had a loving mother. What made her? What's different about her, right? And she and, and and she says, well, your mother had so much love for you, right? You know, but not the same love for everybody. She has love for because you came from her womb. Not everybody else came from. Now other children she made love in a general way, but literally you came from her. You're you were you know. Says like Holy Mother saw everything in that way. She's like she's everyone's. She says I'm everyone's mother, not in a general way, in a direct way. Not just I'm not I'm nobody's stepmother. I'm your actual mother. She felt every. She she said not only every, every disciple, every devotee, every being. But she says this is there's nothing there's nothing in this universe that doesn't have my love, right? Because she felt she gave birth to them. She's she had she was a divine mother or felt she was a divine mother, right? So that's the mother. She's that's Pushti. She wants you to. She's nourishing. Um, you know, it's like we breathe because she. You know, in 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 Kashmir Shaivism, they have the thing. Every time you you breathe in, God's breathing out, and therefore we breathe in. And we breathe out, God breathes in. You know, it's like His breathing, Her breathing is our breathing, right? Everything, our very existence, our very life, our very growth is 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 His or Her reality. She's. Uh, drishti, uh, um, uh, pushti, niti, suniti, suruchis, 
तुष्टि पुष्टिर दृत्ति ही दृत्ति याद भी सर्वभूतेशु दृत्ति रूपेण समस्ता इस आल्सो देयर दृत्ति मींस दृत्ति मींस इट मींस लाइक सिक्योर राइट एंड फाउंड लाइक अ फाउंडेशन बट हियर इट मींस इन अ लिटिल मोर पर्सनल इट मींस फोर्टिट्यूड सिक्योरिटी एंड स्ट्रेंथ so you can see these are these are part of tushti and and pushti you know we want we want security we want as, as we grow is this type of type of thing also like there's other ways to interpret i mean other you know like um um dritti there's all the you know we you know the dash mahavijas and the ashtalakshmis and the navadurgas there's also um uh, 16 matrikas and one of them is in a different list of tantric categories of of yoginis and dakinis like that in the 16 matrikas dritti is one of them so there's like there's the tribushti and they're all considered forms like that but so itti sunitti suruchi tushti pushti dritti then kshama kshama sorry kshama and in the chandi yadavi sarvabhuteshu um kshanti rupena that k s h not the shanti as in peace kshanti with a k um, if i can if i can get it right सो दैट मीन्स फॉरगिवनेस राइट या और जयंती मंगला काली बद्रकाली कपा दुर्गा शमा शिवारात्रि स्वास्थ्य यू आर शी हु इज फॉरगिवनेस एंड गोइंग बैक टू ए इंटरप्रेटिव प्रिंसिपल एंड एंड डिस्क्राइबिंग दी थिंग्स व्हेन वी से ओ मा इज यू कैन से ओ मा इज फॉरगिविंग we can say and and in western religion that's a very big deal god has to be forgive we because we've done apparently something really bad and therefore we 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 and require it or we feel it as such or we've been told as such and and requires and and without a doubt all the god is infinite divine qualities in infinite level most forgiving right uh uh but so we say oh we say oh ma is strong ma is uh peace peaceful ma is loving ma is angry right all these names are there right but we also say these are actually qualities these aren't her qualities she is all qualities these aren't her qualities so she is anger she is love she is happiness so it's so she is forgiveness not just forgiving right because uh, our uh, abbot george when somebody made a statement about well, how god you know how you know our how is our sins forgiven and he was asking some question when he was Uh, something says that god's not angry with you for god may be angry with you i don't know i don't know you personally with your past is maybe god's really a legitimate angry with you i hope not and god i hope you love you she's obviously very forgiving so i hope you work it out <laughs> right but she is forgiveness so it's not in you know and you can see we don't need to be forgiven we we need forgiveness we and she is that divine quality right in in the prayer of saint francis what is it not really written by saint francis but in his mood right it is forgiving that we are forgiven i think is a word right i think that's it is in dying that we are born to give it is in giving that we receive it is forgiving that we are forgiven so it's a forgive it's the forgiving forgiveness itself is divine and we're forgiving when we forgive in the commentaries on the um, on the chandi on this word shanti or shama right it it it's they're often trying to think why why is it brought out so much because it's this is pre 
Western religion, pre-Christianity, pre so it's not the obsession with forgiveness as we usually has entered the religious mind now. This is uh, independent of that. I'm not sure if it's pre that, but independent of it may not historically, the text may not be older than Christianity, I don't know. Uh, uh, but the idea is, is independent of it. He says, because the, the, the thing is that when you have resentment, this is the, comment, the classical commentaries on this verse, when you have resentment, um, uh, it creates a samskara. Right. So resentment itself is samskara. And repeated as you brood, and you can see, we all know this, when we're resentful to something, we brood on it. At least I brood on it. Right. And you repeat it again and again. And that becomes a vritti. Right? That becomes a, a samskara. It becomes a vritti repeated. It becomes, an, it, becomes a, it becomes a habit. And then you can, and you're stuck. And you don't have freedom. Right? And, so the, and you can see that for anything, this is the case. Uh, uh, and so, kshama, kshama, chanti, forgiveness is uh, is uh, in in the yogic interpretation of the chanti, um, as its quality is, um, it's, it's it's almost too simple to say, it almost hippieish to sound. Sounds like it's letting things go, right? Because it, it, when you when you fixate on it, it just it, you create a knot in the mind and, and just becomes a samskara, vritti becomes a samskara, and samskara becomes it, it completely colors your life. And uh, can follow you, and the samskaras can follow you from birth to birth, right? So as the tradition understands, right? So you can, you can, you can, you can get a knot that's very hard to untie. And for something, even if it's really bad, if you let it go, then you're free of it, right? And uh, not that you that that by forgiving, um, uh, that we forgiving others, it's not necessarily that we um, accept what people have done, not like that. But we understand. But it's not that it's not it's not it's not agreeing with, right? But it's but it's a it's a it's a, a larger large mind perspective. A large uh, what we want to be free of it, and also it's a type of understanding. Like it, it's a, it, we're all struggling, and maybe we're further on. Some people are really struggling and and acting out of um, extreme confusion and pain and 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 close heartedness. That that people do really evil horrible things. But most people don't do really evil. Who do even people who do evil, horrible things aren't foundationally evil, horrible people. They're like us, struggling people with some scars, right? Who knows for how many lives have conditioned how we conditioned our response? How many of you see like our response? I get a response and like going, where is? I mean, who knows where that response came from? You know, I'll figure. That, I mean, it may take lives to figure out that one weird response to something. You know, who knows? You know, it's it's we're. Uh, we all we're not there's no simple answer to anything we're all complicated beings with complicated paths and complicated reactions uh, and so forgiveness this divine quality which is divine itself and you can see there's there's a in the act of forgiveness or being forgiveness or being forgiven there, there seems to be a divine power there right it's a huge healing power as a samskara a deep samskara is is untied but as a yogic practice, always just not to hold things, just to let things go, right? Let it go, that type of type of thing. Then you don't have to create a knot that may take lifetimes to untie. Right? So, Shama, one of the names of Kali. In the um, in, in during Durga Puja, this mantra, the Jayanti Mangala Kali, we think all oh, these are all names and qualities of Kali, but there's a t- part of the puja where each one directly different goddesses. There's Bhadra. 
there's Jayanti, there's Kshama, there, you know, Jayanti Magavakari, Badrakari, there's Kapalani, there's Gurdurga, the Kshama, Shivadatri, there's Swaha and Swadha. These are all different goddesses, right? So she's also these goddesses, right? There's a goddess of forgiveness like that. Also, just, uh, just remembering my association, Sri Ramakrishna, Holy Mother said, and Sri Ramakrishna said, actually, Sri Ramakrishna said, if you've done something, but what about like the idea we have to meet, we seeking forgiveness from God, right? That's a motivation for much of religious consciousness, right? Sri Ramakrishna said, oh, just say, Lord, I won't do it again, and then be free of it, right? That, the term, then it's forgiveness gone. That, that, the, 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 there may be a karmic residue of the action, there's cause and effect, but actually that's, that's sufficient. Right, you know, it's like, but the problem is, we say, Lord, I won't do it again. We do it again because of some scars. <laughs> but if you can do, if you can say such a thing, honestly, you don't. It doesn't need more than that. You don't need to make a whole, make it. It's important. Obviously, it's important. If we've done something wrong, that guilt, and maybe real psychological guilt or real guilt that has a response to it, a karmic response. Just say, I won't do it. For, sorry, I won't do it, and be forgive it. And then Holy Mother said, just, just taste, tell Sri Ramakrishna, sorry, I won't do it. I won't do it again. Says saying, uh, asking such a being like him, she is Shama. I mean, these are divine. There's an immediate response. That's sufficient. No need to. We make such a huge deal over these things, right? We've done it for thousands of years. <laughs> thousands of years. Sorry. Right. It can be. It can take one second. Right. You know. It's like. It's like. Of course. It's. But you. We we hold other. We hold anger towards others, and then we feel guilt of, and of our whatever. Um, we live, in, live up, up to somebody else's standard or our own standards or religion. Sometimes legitimately, we don't, we, not that everything we do is great, right? There's some, there, we, we, we all make mistakes and, and we, we feel bad. And, we, and something we should feel bad about that. We shouldn't feel bad forever about them, right? It shouldn't define us and define our relationship with others and define our relationship with God and everything like this, right? Just let it go. Shama, she is forgiveness. So then the next name, Vani. And I'm going to just briefly say, because I'm going to fold Vani into next week's discussion, because this is a precursor to the name Saraswati, right? Vani means speech, right? And so, uh, uh, and so this is, as the next cluster of names is being folded in, it's introduced here, and then it will be picked up with... Um, I don't have the other list, but... Um, but we can, so not to complete the skip, but we'll, we'll commentary on Saraswati, Nilaswati, Matangi, and those groups of names. In the next verse, the first name, the last name in this verse, and then and the, the names in the next, next verse, uh, will be common expansion of the term Vani. But Vani means voice, it just to, to, uh, means words, um, uh, uh, articulate. I like the word articulation, I think it's kind of how it's meant here. Um, uh, eloquence, Vani, uh, 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 related to like Saraswati, it, it, and and one of Saraswati's name is Vani, right? So uh, she's she who is language, who is speech, who is articulation. So we'll 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 unfold that more next time. But how are we doing on time? We're doing very good. Let's get one piling through. Vani, buddhi, yadevi sarvabhuteshu, buddhi rupenasamsa. That's another one right in the, in the list, right? You can see this is definitely pulled from the, the, the chandi. Buddhi, where are we? Buddhi. So, buddhi means intelligence. 
there's a course she was well, one thing we should mention because this is something I always every when I'm giving talks on those verses when, we, when, we, when we're giving talks on the Chandi during Navaratri on the Yadavisa what's that verse called uh, not the Aparajita what's the Aparajita Aparajita Stuti um, uh, in the story in the Chandi a great the, the, the gods long time back they were saved by the Divine Mother a Shakti their own Shaktis came forward and saved them from Mahishasura, right? And so, again, they got a boon at the end of that, and they said, when next time, if a boon has to be given, Ma, in any, and next time trouble comes, if we remember you with these verses, right? Anyone who remembers these verses, you come and, and end their suffering. So again, they're in trouble. Another demon has come up, a set of demons. This one is uh, Shumba, Nishumba, and their large retinue of cohorts, right? Uh, deeply psychologically significant uh, 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 set of demons, very subtle demons. But again, they came up, and so rather th- the first time they ran off to the Himalayas, and, and they ran off and started praying uh, and, and and to praying tomorrow. This time they they went to a quiet place in the Himalayas, and and they meditated. Yadi, and, and these verses are verses of meditation. Yadavi, that goddess, who because they saw Ma came from them, and killed these. I mean they. they, they the Shakti of each one of them came and made this giant goddess and made the Mahadevi and the Chandi. So this time they remembered where we don't have to look outside for her. She's right. She's our own quality. She's our own Shakti. So they meditated. That goddess who exists in, in all being, Yadavi Sarva Bhuteshu, and then began to mention all these different qualities Buddhi Rupana Samtita, Shanti Rupana Samtita, Tushti Rupana Samtita, Matri Rupana Samtita, Trishna Rupana Samtita. Name after I think there's 26 or 27 names, something like that, in the litany. Uh-uh. And we, and whenever we talk about these, we always point out exactly that that the one goddess exists in all beings in different ways, right? And so an example is our Guruji. You mentioned some of Guruji, great saint. His he had a unique language on his own. He learned English at age uh, in his eighties. He learned English. Late seventies, early eighties, by memorizing the dictionary, <laughs> so it was a little different. <laughs> he said, "I have mental energy. Other people learn English. I also have. I can learn English." You know? <laughs> so at old age, he learned English. So he had a very unique way of thinking, unique language, and he come from his own way, without any, any no education, from his own realization and his own thinking. But his own way of talking about God, his favorite word for God, was some unseen power. That was his description. <laughs> An unseen power is playing as you know that, that was his like this is that maha shakti this this mysterious behind everything and then he used examples just like this is the, his version of yadavi sarva bhuteshu it's like electricity just like electricity it's like it's very fine not you can't see it right but you see it by its qual- by its manifestations right like in the in the light, in the light bulb it's light in the mic in the in the speaker system it's sound. In the in the um, heater, it's in the in the geyser. His word, you know, the geyser is in India. It's hot water. In the fridge, in the ice box, it's cold. In the fan, it's breeze, right? So it's manif- the same electricity you can't see, but you can see it by all these different qualities. So similarly, this is describing the in the Yadavi Sarvabhuti Shu verses, describing first Chaitanya Rupa in the form of consciousness, you know, and all the other things are aspects of consciousness. Consciousness and all this. So consciousness is what's being glorified their own consciousness, the consciousness, in all these different forms, in themselves and everything. So, 
Shanti and Buddhi and, and Lajja and all these different qualities mentioned here, mentioned there. Every quality, even Branti Rupan, even confusion, right? Even bad hunger, error, all these things. And she's every manifestation of consciousness is her only. And so when they meditate on, on her, then she appears. And she appears in a very wonderful story where she, you know, like, hey, what are you guys saying over there? What are you guys praying to? You know, she goes, this lady taking her bath in the Himalayas, you know. And she's awakening, it represents awakening of Kundalini and awakening of consciousness in the story, right? But Buddhi, all these are different, are just aspects of consciousness or manifestations of consciousness, a better way to say it, right? And so we can see her, this little section shows that we can see her in everything, right? Everything, good, bad, and all of our desires, our frustrated desires, our, our misdirected desires, our good discipline, our bad disciplines, you know, everything she is in every possible thing, right? And so buddhi, so buddhi means, means intelligence, intellect is probably the way we'd say it in English, but it doesn't mean intellect. The problem is that the, the, um, the Sankhya, it comes from the, it's formalized in Sankhya is one of the 24 evolutes or 36 evolutes in the larger Tantric uh, uh, series. Um, but so I think intelligence is a better term than the intellect. It's not really the although the intellect is the buddhi, the way we think of it. But we the the Indian system analyzes the mind differently. It comes to roughly the same, but it's a, it analyzes the mind differently. So the the intellect is a mental fact, an internal fact, a subtle faculty that discerns, right? That judges, that doubts, right? That determines, that reasons. Uh, that um, wills even uh, uh, and rejects, decides, you know. So the mind may be taking in information, right? And the intellect analyzes the information and decides what's true, not true, in a certain sense. Something like that. It's not exactly, I mean, it, this is, uh, we can give a whole class, there's a different class to give on, on the, the yogic interpretation of the, of the antakarana, the internal organs of the mind, which are made of mind. Manas Ahamkara in the Gita, Manas Ahamkara and and Buddhi, right? The intellect, the mind, Manas and Buddhi, and the Ahamkara, the eye sense. Those are the internal organs. They're not who we are, but they're uh, manifestations of consciousness or the instruments of consciousness, uh, uh, material instruments. Um, In the Yoga Sutra, then you add Chitta to that, and and there's some some other things that even make less sense to the American to the Western categories, but it can be it can be it's a different way of categorizing. Right. So she's intelligent. So are you? So this is encouraging, I believe. Proper use of intelligence, right? And there's a verse in India, like we usually think, and often, and I'm of, of this school of thought generally, that that the the divine is the ineffable. It's not described. Talk or describe. It's the one thing. God is the one thing that's never been. It's never a jute. Uh, not never it, like if something touches your mouth becomes unclean in Hindu culture, right? Right. God has never become unclean. It's never touched anybody's lips. Never been spoken. What God's actually is. Although Thakur spent his whole life talking about God, he said he's never been. What God is can never cannot be spoken. It's beyond language. It's beyond thought. It's never been thought, right? So in one sense, it's an, it, we use the term ineffable, right? Mystics are very famous for this type of. And there's negative theology. And there's a whole category of things of, of only knowing what God is by negative, because any positive statement is going to be wrong. It's a different, this is a whole philosophical, theological um, uh, um, thing, but we won't go fully into that. Because the Upanishads 
the Upanishads, interesting, don't say that. Right? The Upanishads say actually God, Brahman, which is by, the top Sri Ramakrishna said that only Brahman knows Brahman. We can never know Brahman unless we're Brahman. And then there's not, he used the example of a, of a salt doll going to the ocean to measure its depth. Right? You know, it becomes, eventually, it's, it, there's, no, there's no, by the time it reaches the ocean, there's no salt doll, there's only ocean. And we, therefore, there's nobody to tell you how deep the ocean is. Right? So it's like only the ocean knows the depth of the ocean. We can never know the depth of the ocean in that sense, right? But the, there's a verse in the, in the um, where, where are we here? In the mm, I, I got the I got the verse. I remember the verse, but not the source. I think it's I forget the Upanishad it's from. Esha Sarveshu Bhuteshu Gudo Atma Prakashate Drishate Triagreya Buddhya Sukshmaya Sukshmaya Shukshma Darshibihi. The Atman is hidden in all beings. Yadavi Sarva it's, it's everywhere. And you can say, oh, we know it by its quality, but we're not catching it. We're, we're seeing buddhi by seeing electricity. We're not really seeing electricity. We're seeing light, right? We know electricity is there because of light, but we're not seeing electricity. We're knowing consciousness. We know Brahman. We know the self. We know God, Ma. By, we know by everything, but we don't see her. Even though she's everything and, be, and, and showing herself and everything, she's subtle. We see grossly, right? So it says that, that, uh, that the, the, uh, the, the, the Atman is hidden, Gudho, Sarvabhu, in all beings, right? right? Na uh, prakashite, uh, it doesn't reveal itself. It's not shining, right? It's not, it's, it, it's, although everywhere, we don't see it, right? It's, you know, that's a very important idea, right? But, he says, the seers, right? It, but it is seen by those whose buddhi, buddhya shukshmaya, whose, whose buddhi has become very, very subtle. It can be caught. This is a big statement of the Upanishads. The Upanishads are a very a positive form of mysticism, not a negative form of theology, a negative. Uh, it can be seen by Shukshma, Darshvi, Buddha, Shukshmaya, Shukshma, that it can be subtly seen by the very subtle mind. Right? That subtle mind, this is the mind that the, the, the uh, contemplation of things like the Upanishads and the disciplines given, the yogic and spiritual disciplines given, are designed to do. The mind can't, the self is subtler, the subtlest, but it can be seen if the mind, if the buddhi has become subtle. Our instrument, with a blunt instrument, it can't be seen, right? But we're called to sharpen, make, make our instrument very subtle, sattvic, through meditation, through study, through satsang, through all these processes, practices, to make the mind subtle, to know what to see, and we know how to see. And then maybe, you can see, I mean, like, the saints that tell you, oh, God can't be seen, right? All the ones who are uh, uh, tears stream, uh, streaming down their eyes as they see him, see her. Right, but they can't. But because she's not something to be seen, but they she can be seen with a very subtle mind. Right, that's the hope. This is the hope of our spiritual practices and our devotion. Right, so that's a verse in the. I wish I wrote that. It says verse twelve. <laughs> I wish I wrote that one verse. It's, I think it's the. I think it's the Kenya. Uh, the the, the Kenya punishment. Or no, maybe it's Katupanika. I don't remember. <clears throat> so where are we here? Buddhi. What's the verse so far? 
Maha, oh, so, okay. So, so I want to end it at this discuss, a little bit of discussion of this term Lakshmi. Right? And really, we could stop here and then next week we do Lakshmi and Saraswati. But I think Saraswati holds its own. I think these qualities, Buddhi and, and, and Tushti and Suniti and Suruchi, these are qualities of Lakshmi. Right? And in, in Shaktism, and this is a Shakta text, so we're, arguing, we're describing it from the, from the Shakta perspective. The one, the one being thinks within itself, herself, right? I, want, I am one, let me become many. And to become many, it, it becomes everything. And it becomes, and why? Out of its own delight. It says, right? It's not, not out of, usually we think, oh, some people will critique this view of creation or of existence and saying, oh no, that is giving some limit. If, if Brahman creates, that means Brahman has a lack, and lack is a negative quality, and therefore Brahman is not, 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 not absolute and not infinite. And they, they, in, in, in theological and philosophical circles, say how this can't be. And therefore, they're, they're either, therefore God, Brahman didn't create. That the conclusion is, he didn't create, and there is nothing else. Right? And therefore, your experience of everything is wrong. Because if, if, if it was right, Brahman would be incomplete, and therefore wouldn't be absolute, and you've denied God. By your experience, but the problem is when you're when you're every experience. I mean, we we can maybe hold that it's a very sophisticated. Actually, it is. I mean, I'm being a little bit. Um, it, it's extremely complex. I've simplified it in, the, in not the most generous way, <laughs> in order to, to illustrate my philosophy, which is slightly different, right? Uh, uh, but uh, it's actually a very sophisticated um, uh, school of thought. Obviously, the classical Advaita uh, argument. Um, uh, um, um, but this is, but uh, uh, but it denies our experience, and so in tantra, in Sh- Shaktism has a different view, uh, that parinamavad, uh, 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 I think it's called it, that 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 is that of that 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 the one has become everything, and the argument is not out of sense of lack, out of its own nature, it's become everything because it's become everything, not because it's lacking, not because it's imperfect, not because something made it and therefore there's a second thing to act upon it. It's as its own by its in, in the Kashmir, they say by its swatantriya, by its own intrinsic nature. Whatever the reason, here it is, right? Here she is as everything. Here it is, they are as everything. Um, um, and so and they did it out of the the overabundance of ananda, the welling up of bliss, right? Uh, uh, and so the beauty, the pleasure, the 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 the, the, the Tushti and Pushti and all these things are, are descriptions of Ma's expansion as everything. Um, so, so we don't have much time for Lakshmi. We have ten minutes. I shall describe Lakshmi in ten minutes, and we'll back it up next time also. But. Um, because I think it's, it's a good place to end, kind of culminate the, the, the discussion. So, so it says Mahalakshmi, Lakshmi. We'll start with Lakshmi and then Mahalakshmi. Mahalakshmi is, there's Lakshmi and Ma, it's like you have, oh, you have Devis, the goddesses, right? And, and then we consider them aspect of the Maha Devi, right? The great goddess, the original goddess, right? They're, they're all, so this idea of Mahalakshmi, another name for Mahalakshmi is Ad, Adi Lakshmi. So Adi Lakshmi means the first, but it means doesn't mean the first. It means like that, the first amongst all the Lakshmis. It's the first before everything, the primordial. So uh, Maha Lakshmi or Adi Lakshmi is 
a name of the not just of the goddess of prosperity and happiness, right? Who writes who, uh, who you know who holds the lotus, the Satana lotus, and gives boons and the marriage to Vishnu, the normal way we think of goddess Lakshmi. Mahalakshmi is 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 the supreme absolute truth that gives birth to, to before everything and is everything. That Mahadevi is Mahalakshmi. She has her own way of meditating on her, her own stories like that, but that's Mahalakshmi is 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 her as the Parashakti, the Adya the Adya Devi Parashakti. Right. But Lakshmi we can sing. So what does Lakshmi mean? Right? So we actually get the English word uh, something lucky from Lakshmi. Right, the Gita. So that means so it means it's come to mean good fortune, Lakshmi. The goddess of fortune we are saying goddess of fortune. And fortune means like we say, Oh, you come into a fortune means money and wealth. But fortune also means you become lucky and successful and you know, things are things are going your things are going your way. You're that or or or, or you're very um a lot of benign uh, opportunity for you, opening up to you. You become fortunate. So it has both these meanings. So she's often seen as the goddess of wealth, the goddess of fortune, uh, like that. Both these meanings. So Lakshmi, Laksh, and we have to think what is, I mean, know what Lakshmi literally means, what the, 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 the word means, where it comes from. Laksh or Laksha, uh, um, it means like to perceive. Right. It also means goal. It also means mark. Like um, um, we have um, um, yeah, like uh, uh, lakshana is one term. Lakshana is like um, there's a verse I've spoken on it many times. I I have it memorized, but I, I didn't think about it, so it's not fresh in my mind. But it means um, that when Brahman is to be worshipped, a lakshana is attributed to it. A thought, a form, a name. We can't think of. We can't think of the infinite. That if we give it a form or a name, or we can say it reveals a name or form for us to think about. So like that's that similar type of thing. It's like a, a mark, a form, an indicator, a symbol, right? But it also it also comes to mean the goal of something. And then when you join these two ideas, it becomes to understand what the goal of life. One's goal is luxury. So has, the words come from this kind of combination of things, right? So it becomes like some translations, like the, the translation I was looking at earlier, um, uh, which is not my favorite, but it says, it says Lakshmi, it's not like you say, oh, the goddess of good fortune, that's how it translated, right? Like the goddess of she who knows the goal or something. It kind of uses that, that view of, of the goal as, I mean, you can see that's what real fortune is, knowing your goal and understanding the goal going towards the goal. You can see it like that. Right, symbol, attribute, target, sign, quality, mark, auspicious opportunity, all these, it's, there's no one word. I mean, there is one word, it's called Lakshmi. There's no one English word. There's a really good Sanskrit word for it, Lakshmi. <laughs> so, right, uh, uh, uh. In, the, in the Rig Veda, there's, there's, of course, we have the Sri Shukdam, like, but the word Lakshmi is given, right? And there it's not so much the name of, of the goddess, Right, it's used a little more technically in this sense. It's as a kindred mark or sign of our. Sp- it's not just auspicious fortune; it's the mark or sign of auspicious fortune. Right, so it's something. So you can see where the ideas are together. Right. Badra um, Braishayam Lakshmi Nihita Adi Vachihi. 
and auspicious fortunes attached to their words. That's a line in the in the um, in the uh, Vedas, the Rig Veda, that that their words mean something a good fortune, something like that. So. So all of you, I mean, in, Lakshmi is a very known goddess, right? They don't have to tell you. God, Lakshmi is a goddess of fortune. She's married to Vishnu. You know, we all know. Everybody here knows that. And it's part of popular Hinduism, part of mainstream Hinduism, and, uh, universally worshipped, literally universally worshipped. The most popular uh, Ganesha and Lakshmi are the most worshipped in a certain sense, right? But but we can talk trying to give a little different angle to a discussion on Lakshmi. One of the things mentioned in early texts, and one of her qualities, is uh, chanchala, is that she's, what's that mean? Um, uh, fickle? Fickle, maybe? Maybe that's the word. Uh, unsteady, or shaky, or fickle. right? And so, in a lot of, I, there's so many Puranic stories, and, and the Tantras, and the Puranas, and the Mahabharata, stories of Lakshmi, and how she came so I'm, you're all, I have a lot of them dancing in my mind as I'm thinking about it. I told the story, tell this story, tell the story, but I won't tell many of these stories. But a theme in all these, in a lot of these stories, is that she, some people invoke her and she comes, and then she leaves. In all the stories, like one time, Lakshmi was originally a goddess of the demons, right? She was in the demon world, but the demons, their nature is harsh, and ugly, right, and crude, and she doesn't like that, and so she left. And so she went to Indra Loka. She hung out with Indra. But Indra, in all the stories we know, Indra is selfish. He's greedy. You know, the gods are, you know, they're like that. And so she doesn't like it, and she leaves. So there's so many stories like that where she's moving that she does, she's very, um, uh, it's very hard. She'll, she'll come. If you ask her, she'll come carefully. But she doesn't stay. Right? And we've all noticed this. We have times where great fortune comes, and then it goes. Right? We get, we get, we get good health, and then bad health. We get a success and then failure. We get some fame and then our reputation goes down, right? This is the way. It, this is the way it's always. This is the way she is, right? And there's many stories that describe this, but even there's one. Hmm, let me see if I have. Well, I have so many. Story. There's one in the in the in the Bhagavatam. Since the Bhagavatam is kind of our specialty. In the, remember the churn of the ocean, that ancient story? We, 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 took, we spent a lot of time on this story. In, uh, it says that, that um, Lakshmi, she, she was with the gods. Right? First she was a demon, then she was the gods, and the gods upset her. And she disappeared into the, cos- into the ocean, the, 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 into the cosmic ocean. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and there was a whole reason for the whole, the Bhagavatam gives all kinds of backstories of why that is, why it had to be. Right? But um, when did she, how did she, in that version, when did she leave the gods? So, um, uh, uh, this was was orchestrated by the demon, uh, by both gods and demons. They orchestrated this, in particular, to get the nectar. They had to trick, they had to start a whole series of events in the story. But there was Indra, who had Lakshmi as one of his living in, 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 in heaven, right? And but he was and so the, the the demons knew or the gods knew we have to get Lakshmi to leave heaven to leave the gods because if the if the, if the gods lose Lakshmi then the demons will get the upper hand and if the demons get their hand then they'll have to make a truce with the gods and churn the ocean to get the nectar. This is a very complicated uh, political. We have a whole thing going on right now in politics. This is that's nothing. What's going on in Congress right now? Nothing <laughs> compared to the upper upper world and uh, the, the the cosmic world. 
the, the politics that had to go on to get Amrita, you know, the legitimate goal above gods and demons. So, so they, 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 okay, they get, they, uh, um, they get, they convince Durvasa. Durvasa is the angry one, right? Durvasa, Durvasa, he's angry because all he eats is wheatgrass. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, one week fast on eat I'm just the same as him. He only eats grass, right? But they, he was he was ornery nature, so they gave him. He says, "Oh, give, there's this there's this garland that is from the uh, maybe from Shiva or from Vishnu, right? Give it to Indra, right? Because he needs the blessings of Vishnu in order to do his job. That sounds very very good. So he takes this garland and he finds Indra, and Indra's on his uh, Arivata, the elephant, I think, the name of the elephant, and. He, he goes, Indra, I'm giving you blessings by Lord Vishnu. I'm giving you this Prashad garland. This uh, Vanamala. And so he gives it to and Indra, you know, this is like half-naked, angry, dreadlock sage, right? He's, you know, you, you respect, you give minimum respect, but he has, he's, he's at that time in a very puffed-up state walking on his elephant, which represents pride and royal pomp, right? And so he takes it and he doesn't give proper respect to it. And a garland of the deities has to be given very proper respect. It can actually liberate you. A flower from the deity can be worshipped. From the, from, the, from the, even a flower from a sage. Uh, actually, you know, we, we bury saints and we do samadhis for them. But if you have a flower from a garland, that flower you can build a samadhi called pushpa samadhi. Because they're the same as if their body is there. So the garland is considered very, very sacred, right? Garland from the deity, garland from a saint. This is a garland from a deity and a saint, given by Dravasa. But he does, so he, he throws it and puts it on, on his elephants, puts it on the elephant. But an elephant doesn't know what's what, right? So the elephant knocks it down and, and, and keeps walking and tramples on it. And that's what the gods and the demons are trying to do. What the gods are trying to do, right? Or somehow forget that. And so he gets very upset. May Lakshmi leave you. That was his curse. May, in other words, may bad luck come to you. Yeah. You've been in control for too long. Look at what, look what the ego has come to you. All this pomp and circumstance, you know, you become so, so egotistical. You don't even know how to respect the sadhu, how to respect prasadam. You don't deserve Lakshmi. And by saying, may all Lakshmi come, may, may Lakshmi leave you, it may not be, like literally, may, may Goddess Lakshmi leave heaven and, and, and disappear from you. But it, it meant like that. May you, so favor is no longer on the God's side. And now that Lakshmi left into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And the, God, the demons, took, that was their side. They, they got the upper hand. And then this, this, uh, this deal had to be done between the gods and the demons in order to churn. So this is an example of the, this fickle, fickle uh, nature of Lakshmi, right? In that story, as they churn, all kinds of things come up. There's different, the Bhagavatam, I think there's 18 things or maybe more things that come up. The, the, the divine elephant comes out and the horse comes out and the cow comes out and ghee comes out and all these, uh, alcohol comes all these different things come out and they're given, as things come out of the ocean, they're given to different, you know, these are given to the demons, these are given to the gods, like this. And, and very, I think the penultimate thing before the Amrita comes out, I think Lakshmi comes out. If not the penultimate, close to that. She comes out dressed in red, beautiful red sari and gold. And you can see, often we dress, like the equivalent of today, like Banarasi sari, red. Ma's often, right now she's in blue, but often we dress Ma in, uh, uh, 90% of the time she's wearing a red Banarasi sari. Right, because that, that, that Lakshmi kind of quality of the Shakti and primordial and, and opulence sitting on a red flower, right? And she comes out and, and, and all of a sudden, see, the gods have had her before on her side and the demons have had her before, right? They both know the benefit of having luck on your side, prosperity, good fortune, 
you know, they've all lost their fortune. That's why they, they're having, having to like compromise with the other side, right? In order to, to do this, right? Un, unheard of. You know, they don't like, gods and demons don't like compromising with gods and demons. You know, so uh, uh, like I said, it's much deeper than even our political system. <laughs> it's like really bad, you know, they're gods and demons, you know? Um, so uh, 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 so uh, when she comes up and so they all like, oh, we'll marry, you come to us, right? Who's she going to marry? This, this is idea of who's she going to come to. But she's already said, no, no, the gods are very, every god wants her too much, right? They'll misuse me. They're, they're selfish. They're, they don't deserve, I don't like to be around them. I don't like them, you know? And the demons, same thing, even less. I don't like them. I, I left them for a reason. They haven't changed their nature, right? And so, and, and they're looking, but there's one person, the whole thing, that's completely indifferent. Vishnu is simply there. He's not after Lakshmi. And so she thinks to herself, the person who doesn't want me, that's the person I'll be with. And so she says she took her Kushtamala, her Vanamala, and put it on Vishnu, and then Vishnu said, okay, I accept you as my wife. You'll always live in my heart, on my chest, and you'll never be separated from me. There's a verse like that, right? And so that's also interesting, that she is fickle, but she's always with Vishnu. This is the thing, right? And so this is one of the things that the way we worship Lakshmi, the way we keep Lakshmi, Right is uh, 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 um, we can't do anything that upsets her, and she's easily upset. She'll leave at the slightest disrespect, the slightest mess, the slightest uh, uh, um, ugliness, harsh sound, harsh words. She leaves disrespect towards anybody. She leaves. Scripture says, and there's so many stories like this. But she's but she doesn't leave where Vishnu is. I mean, where Vishnu is. So you, you can say, oh, well, that means that now she's with Savaishtam. Not like that. Although it's partially like that too, but where Vishnu is, where where people worship God, right? Where people worship the the the, the in a pure in sattvic way, right? She'll always be there, right? She's always serving Vishnu, and therefore we should always serve. If we're meditating on Vishnu, she'll always she's always with Vishnu. Everywhere else she leaves, she doesn't stay. She comes and goes, but she's always with Vishnu. So if you have Vishnu, you always have her. But you have to have Vishnu, not her. If you worship Vishnu, if you worship God, Lakshmi will be with you. If you worship Lakshmi, she comes and goes. That's the point. Because she's still, that's her nature, always coming and going. Right? Even, you know, Gomata, the, uh, mother, Gaumata, the mother cow, has in her body 33, 33 million gods. You see, we have a picture, right, not all 33, we have a lot of them out in the, uh, by Hanuman. We have a picture of, of the mother cow. But Lakshmi is not in her. Right, because there's a story when Lakshmi, when all the gods began, took to the story in the Mahabharata, all the gods um, uh, took refuge in, in the body, wanted to live in the body of the cow, as such a divine being, right? And Lakshmi also, I want to be in the body, in your body. And the cow said, no, 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 no. I'm steady. Cow is steady. You're fickle. You have no place in me. Lakshmi, everyone wants Lakshmi. And that, now, if you remember, when Vishnu didn't want her, he wanted, he wanted so now his special... She really wants to be with the cow, right? And you can see a lot of people's like peck, like our first cow at our ashram's name Lakshmi. I mean, it's a, she's so associated with the, with with the cow, right? But um, um, uh, so a deal with them that she will exist in not in the body of the cow, but in the part of the cow that's leaving the body. So she exists in the stool and the urine and milk of a cow. The things that come from a cow, that's Lakshmi. Right, not in the because the cow is steady. The part that's the part of the cow that's leaving, that's Lakshmi. And you can see, cow dung brings nourishment and prosperity. I mean, uh, fertility, 
cow urine uh, uh, purify is is a, is a, is, a, is a, an antiseptic and, and and cleaning cow milk and ghee and these things are nourishing you know so like so that you can see it's a beautiful way of describing how the cow the not the cow the products of the cow is Lakshmi to to those who if she's worshipped if she's respected right uh, uh, and you can see even and in for the worship of Vishnu the products of a cow are necessary so she's always with Vishnu and she's always you can see it's all kind of connected to these type of things right. In the um, in the uh, Devi Bhagavatam, which is one of my favorite uh, Shakta texts, uh, um, it's we know that we've all heard the story of Brahma. You know, Vishnu lies Ananta Shesha, the infinite, uh, the uh, serpent is lying on the causal ocean, Karana Saga, the the uh, Chita Saga, the ocean of milk, the ocean of causality, ocean of existence. On top, laying on him is Lord Vishnu, who represents her consciousness. From the navel Lord Vishnu comes Lord Brahma. Right, I keep I'm definitely in the wrong place. I keep doing that. <laughs> Thought this would be a good place, not the right place. Have to adjust it next time. Uh, uh, and then where did and then Shiva is said to come from the faith from the head of Lord Brahma, the top of Brahma's head in the story, right? So Brahma, Nanta, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. They're all, you know, it's like, okay, now we have okay, we have a simple answers, you know, people on where Brahma where Brahma come from, from where Vishnu, where did Vishnu come from, Ananta, where did Shiva come from? from you, know, you can give answers like that, like that. But where is Ananta again? Oh he's in the cosmic ocean. Where is that ocean again? Right? It's interesting that Ma jumped into the ocean for a reason. Right? She is she, she, she said that the text says that that ocean exists in the ocean of existence exists in the womb of any of the of the Divine Mother. But here it says Adi Lakshmi. This Mahalakshmi, Adi Lakshmi here described, because it's not just the Divine Mother in general, Lakshmi as in the one from whom everything is, the mother who's giving birth to everything, as through the ocean, Ananta, Vishnu, Brahma, Shiva, and then by extension, you know, Nanda and Durgadasi, and <laughs> we're like, we work like this, like that. So she is a ground of being as Mahalakshmi, Adi Lakshmi. So she's associated with that also. So I think we shall end here. Let's see. There's a connect there. You maybe you've heard of this um, Ashta Lakshmi. You probably have heard just like there's Navadurgas and Ashtamatik uh, uh, Navadurgas here. We have the Dash Mahabijas here. We have the uh, uh, Ashtamatrikas or the Saptamatrikas and the, all these. There's clusters of the of, of, of form dash avatars, the ten the ten incarnations of Vishnu. The, so similarly, Lakshmi is seen as she manifests as everything that's glorious and wonderful in life. She manifests. We need Lakshmi, right? We need her her grace. We need her fortune, and she appears in eight forms called the Ashta Lakshmi. And there's a couple different lists. They're mostly the same. I'll just go through the two different lists just to just for completion because we don't usually think of them. There's Bhagya Lakshmi. Bhagya means good fortune, right? Dhana Lakshmi means wealth. Dhanya Lakshmi means grains, means food. And, 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 and uh, there's um, Gaja Lakshmi. Gaja means um, uh, um, um, elephant. So this is, this is a symbol of, of both of like royal power and lordship, but also of, um, of, um, of rains and, and that type of thing. Um, Santana Lakshmi. Santana as in like Sanatana Dharma, something similar. So that's interesting, that, but it's not like, how do you live forever? Through children. So she gives offspring. Right? It's a way of like, way you, the way you are eternal. 
the fact is we're not, I mean, the soul may be whatever the soul is that may be eternal, right? There's a complicated thing in any text to describe. Uh, but the way we are eternal in this world is by our children and, de- and, and descendants, right? So she's san- Santana Lakshmi, Vada Lakshmi, the gives boons, fulfills our, our requests. Vidya Lakshmi gives knowledge. She is the wealth of knowledge, also known in the next name as Saraswati, right? Vidya Lakshmi becomes Saraswati. And Virya Lakshmi, that would give strength and power like this, right? Another version is Ari Lakshmi. Ari is the original. Uh, Dandanya, Virya, Gajja, Santana, Vijaya, Vijaya, Supreme Victory, Ashwarya. There's different lists. But then it was, we need actually all these things in order to, su- to be successful in life, right? In the Chandi, what do we have here? I thought I read it, maybe I didn't write it down. Oh yeah, and the, and 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 the, and the, uh, uh, two things in the Durga uh, Sutta in Durga Stuti, uh, it says that Lakshmi always comes with um, um, buddhi and and laja, laja, uh, with modesty or humility. These are qualities that attract her and intelligence, subtle intelligence. In the Shakrari Stuti of the Chandi, uh, when after um, uh, after. Mahishasura was killed. Indra and the other gods did a beautiful prayer, a very powerful prayer, um, and where, where where it says, uh, "You are you are Lakshmi or good fortune in the house of the virtuous." So this is these are ways that how to get Lakshmi is by morality, by virtue, by by good behavior. These are the things that bring Lakshmi, and interesting in all the stories where people get greedy, Lakshmi leaves. You see, so Lakshmi is not the same as money because people get greedy, they have more money sometimes. Right? But not Lakshmi. It's not good. Sometimes you can see money is not always good fortune. Right? You know, so we want fortune, not money. But if we're greedy, if we hold on to it, if we try to control her, disrespect her, uh, 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 respect and her forms, which is Yadevi and all, Sarvabhutashu and all beings, right? She, she leaves. And there's many stories like that where she's disrespected, she leaves. And there's many ways to disrespect her, right? In the scripture, I just quote scripture after scripture. When the wife is disrespected, she leaves the house, right? You can see as soon as the wife is disrespected, the marriage may continue, but peace, uh, 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 good fortune leaves, right? Where women are disrespected, where any children, where anybody is disrespected, disrespect is alakshmi, right? And um, where things are dirty, things are messy. These are things. These are alakshmi. Where things are dusty. One of the the. the in the Sri Shukta, Lakshmi has a sister, Alakshmi. And we want Lakshmi to come and Alakshmi to go. But they always come together, they're, they're, they're connected, they have to be careful, right? And so cleanliness is Lakshmi, dust, one of the names for dust in the scriptures is Alakshmi. Right? Sri Ramakrishna thought, he, he saw somebody with a, with a ripped cloth, right? He said, oh no, no, you don't, that's Alakshmi. It could bring poverty. Or if he saw the house was dark, oh, keep a light on, a dark house is Alakshmi. It could bring poverty. Right, he would talk chakras so like he didn't light it. You see, and so in traditional Hindu culture, at, at sunset, it's still in many homes. It's done like this: you light a lamp, right? Maybe you don't have lit. I mean, we have, you know, it took three months to redo our lighting. <laughs> very complicated. We have very good lighting here, right? It's to stop it. But but actually, even if it's you can't afford to light up everything, you should have lights in your house. So it shouldn't be growing up. We, I mean, I've seen this as not long as a thing. Growing up, we always had the porch light on. At night, and we turned it off. And not like we. I think we will. When the last person comes home, you turn off the porch light, 
Right, no, we, no, we turn out in the morning, we turn off the porch light. The house should always be lit up. Even here, we don't do that. Like, we don't want to waste electricity, right? But growing up, that was a porch. It was part of it. You can see it brings safety and, and, and it's, a, it's, a sign of, it's a sign of poverty. It brings poverty, Tucker said, right? Um, so this is the thing. So, and, and, so, and then we also have the griha lakshmi, the, 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 the lakshmi in the house is the wife or the mother of the house. The lady of the house is lakshmi. And you can see, and what, because this is a traditional Indian way, we have to adjust to the whatever situation. Uh, the griha lakshmi not only is lakshmi, and you get in, in, in an Indian wedding, you dress the wife as lakshmi. The red sari was gold, right? And it, it she is, and then and you and she's carried into the house. She, there's all these symbols of the rice and all these stepping on her. All these things are ways of invoking lakshmi. Right, uh, uh, and, and she is the embodiment of Lakshmi, and she usually in the in, in, in the Indian traditional, idealistic traditional culture, um, um, uh, all the things that keep Lakshmi in the house, she's in charge of, like the lamp, food, children. You know, because that these things obviously we all have to bring Lakshmi into the house. You know, uh, whatever, however we organize our life and organize our home, Lakshmi has to be invoked. And then of course some simple things we have special pujas for Lakshmi. Throughout the year during Diwali and like this, or these are all things about light. Also, charity brings Lakshmi. Generosity brings Lakshmi. Uh, um, um, Tulsi, uh, Tulsi's presence in the home. There's almost no Hindu home without Tulsi in the front. There shouldn't be a Hindu home without Tulsi in the front, right? Uh, uh, Tulsi is Lakshmi's presence. The lamp is Lakshmi's presence, like this. We don't also like not to disrespect food. Lakshmi is actually rice is Lakshmi. Right during Durga Puja, we have a, one of the gods. It's not a part of the Durga Puja. We have a god full of rice. We worship Lakshmi just as a pot of rice. That is Lakshmi. Um, and then we that that rice is then after being worshipped, we put it into our rice, and the people can take it home, add it to their rice at home. That the rice becomes Lakshmi like this. Right. So not respect. You'll see even rice, especially. You know, I, there's stories of saint like uh, Srila Prabhupada would do this. Um, there's a, a Ramana Maharishi bending down one grain of rice in the wrong place and wash it off, put it back, you know. Rice is Lakshmi, can't be disrespected. To waste food is a Lakshmi. Right? So anyways, like this, this is how we're, we're presenting. So we'll end there with, and then next week, God willing, we'll start Nila Saraswati, Saraswati in this group of Matangi, very nice group of names, which I was, I, actually my original notes for today, I thought, oh, like I always thought, I'll totally get to the second verse, and I want to talk about, I want to talk about Saraswati. Right, and also we just did a big Saraswati puja, so we have Saraswati in our mind right now. So we're excited to speak about her, but I'm glad uh, I uh, uh, we'll leave that to give it uh, its own proper time. Any questions or comments? I'm a little late, but this is good. good stuff. Thinking of Ma is always good. No questions, no comments. Good. No question the comments is Lakshmi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Means your everybody understands everything and agrees. I don't know which button to push, but I'm sure it's probably just a, just a big red button. Do I have to do anything, or probably initiate me into this proper tantric ritual, <laughs> special mudra? I guess it's that easy. Yeah.